As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to Carrie Lutz's Financial Survival Network, where you get valuable information you just can't find anywhere else. To thrive in today's trying times, you need the Financial Survival Network now more than ever. Go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com and get your free newsletter and gift. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. And welcome. You are listening to watching the Financial Survival Network. I'm Kerry Lutz. Well, global turmoil is deepening. We've got the Russian-Ukraine war escalating, and uh, nobody seems to care. John? Hey, Kerry. Yeah, yeah, this is the weirdest thing. Right? You know, people are, um, you know, half the people in this country seem to be um, upset about the fact that nobody's wearing masks anymore. The <laughs> other half seem to be focused on trance rights. You know, who gets to use what bathroom? Meanwhile, we've got a, a potential nuclear war brewing out there, you know, and it's, it is escalating. And... Um, you know, one thing that, that I saw yesterday that, that I didn't know about was that we have special forces soldiers in Ukraine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so Russia is now bombing pretty much indiscriminately in Ukraine because, um, uh, you know, things are, are not going as well as they'd hoped on trying to take over military targets. So now they're going after cities, which means our guys are out there. Um, and, you know, I suspect our government hopes that some of our soldiers get killed because that gives them an excuse to escalate, which is just, you know, why are we doing this? What what possible reason can we have for risking the incineration of our kids and our grandkids over, you know, real estate on the other side of the world? That is crazy. That's a corrupt, you know, completely you, you corrupt and, regime there, too, as well. We know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yes, it, it's not really a government that. Um, we should care about saving one way or the other. And, uh, you know, it's, again, it's a border dispute um, so far away from us that uh, 99% of Americans could not find where it's happening on a map. Um, and yet we say, we seem to think it's, I'll tell you why it probably is important is that it makes a lot of money for the military industrial complex. You know, the more we expand NATO, the more we force countries that are not in NATO 
to respond and to, uh, you know, to defend themselves and thereby becoming a, a threat, um, the more weapons we sell and um, the more contributions the um, incumbent politicians take in from the defense contractors. So uh, this is terrible. You know, we are we're almost objectively evil right now. And uh, that's not something we've really been able to say with certainty in our lifetimes. Hey, don't forget, uh, all of these countries are sitting with Soviet era weaponry and, you know, they armed uh, all of uh, Eastern Europe and uh, numerous other countries. Now, those countries are pretty much finding out that that stuff is garbage. And where are they going to buy their new weapons from the U.S. and uh, from China, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's great for business. Uh, it's a great time to be a defense contractor. Not that uh, there's a bad time to be a defense contractor, but during war, that's the best time. So, uh, well, carry, carry huge weapon sales. Previous wars, previous wars were a good time to be a defense contractor. But I don't think um, that you know Raytheon's factories are. Um, immune from, new, you know, they're targets in a nuclear war, right? So these hypersonic missiles could be landing on General Dynamics main factory or their corporate headquarters any minute now if, if, if this thing really uh, escalates. And and so, you know, this isn't a good deal for anybody, really, except these short-sighted guys who think it's a good deal because the coming quarter will be nice and fat for them to calculate their, uh, um, their um, bonuses off of, you know, I very scary. You know, and, and it's funny, um, you know how people used to um, criticize us for laughing when we were talking about stuff going on in the world? Yeah. And this was, it was because we were talking about financial crises, which are, you know, they're survivable. <laughs> there are yeah, things that you can get through and you can make a lot of money from um, and then maybe rebuild something better afterwards. But that's not what a nuclear war is. That's a whole different story. So hopefully everybody comes to their senses sooner rather than later. But uh, right now, it's not looking promising. Well, my next prediction is that Tesla will start making tanks because while it's a good time to be a nuclear or a uh, weapon salesman, like that uh, Nicolas Cage movie, Lord of War, uh, it's an even better time to be a tank salesman because so many tanks are getting destroyed on both sides that, uh, hey, and then you, you wind up with electric tanks because, uh, they use less uh, energy. It costs $100 a gallon to deliver a gallon of diesel to a battlefront because uh, it's so hard to get it there. And now, uh, you know, everything's going electric. So, well, but it's going to help uh, climate change by having uh, electric <laughs> tanks, right? Well, you know what you're seeing in California now is you're seeing pictures of uh, Teslas and other electric cars um, connected to gasoline generators in order to charge them because the charging station is out because they're having brownouts and blackouts there, you know, and they're, they're saying, don't charge your, your uh, electric cars for um, six more hours, things like that. So people to get to work have to pull out a generator, use gasoline to charge their electric car. <laughs> so, um, you know, the, see, this is what we would normally be laughing about the, the, um, the big mistakes we made with our energy grid. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, that's funny. You can make money from it by buying uranium stocks or whatever, or uh, battery materials. Um, and then we get through it. You know, we figure out the mistakes that we made, we go back and correct them. And then we go forward, you know, we, we can do that with the energy grid. Uh, and, you know, 
That would be awesome if a big financial crisis and a messed up energy grid turns out to be the worst problem we have in 2023. I would consider that a major win. Yeah, well, you know, in theory, uh, if my power goes out, I can charge my, I have a generator, I can charge my Tesla, but it will cost me more money than using gasoline for uh, <laughs> for a car or, you know, just using the, the grid to charge up my car. But so... Carry kind of an off-topic question here. Then why why don't you have solar panels on your roof? It seems like that's a natural in Florida. You use the sun to charge your Tesla, and then you use your Tesla to run your house at night. That's you know that's the next step. Teslas don't have bi-directional charging, meaning the charge only goes to the Tesla. But I think it's a software change could be done, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, solar panels are next. Uh, it's it's kind of like you can't get 100% solar, but you can get uh, 60% of your energy needs served by solar. I would say that's uh, pretty reasonable. And yeah, I mean, how many how many emergencies can I prepare for here, John? There's a <laughs> I got food, I got a pool full of water with a filter, and I got a generator and impact windows but you know when the when the missiles start flying none of that's going to matter right yeah it is it won't but uh, it sounds like you got through the hurricane pretty well at least it looks like it went up above you guys yeah it didn't hit us it hit the uh, west coast moved over to the east coast in northern florida it, it was a real mess i have a lot of friends over there uh, this is a case where you don't want to be near the water my, always been my philosophy but in this case uh, the when the hurricane swept across the state from west coast to east coast and then up the uh, Atlantic, uh, inland houses were actually flooded, which is something that's highly, highly unusual. Usually a hurricane hits one coast or the other. There's been a few instances over the years where they crisscrossed the state. Uh, one time, uh, like back in 05 or 06, hurricane started in the east coast, crossed over to the west coast, and then cross back over. But generally, you know, you know, like there's only so many disasters that you can prepare for. That's what I've learned here. And then the rest is just a roll of the dice. But moving on to other things like PayPal was trying to penalize uh, subscribers $2,500 if they got caught uh, disseminating quote unquote misinformation, fake news. <laughs> what was that yeah. about? That, that's right. PayPal is going to take money out of your account if you say something that uh, that contradicts the official line of the government now, you know, which means um, you and I would be broke by now if that thing yeah. was in, in place for the last couple of years. They would have just uh, drained us dry. Uh, so that might, you know, they might have been thinking about that as a, um, a nearly risk free new um, new income stream, right? <laughs> yeah, well, they got uh, caught, though. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got caught, and then they took it back right away. They came out and said, "Oh, we weren't." That, gonna that do language that. wasn't supposed to be in our terms of use, you know. And, us, not uh, us. We wouldn't do that. In the meantime, they've helped deplatform, demonetize countless uh, content creators around the world for saying stuff that they don't like. And hey, who started uh, PayPal? Well, it, Musk didn't start it, but he was instrumental. In mm -hmm. its success, and uh, you know, uh, I guess he's got to buy PayPal back too while he's at it, right? Yeah, you know, he should he should do that. He should take his Tesla profits and just buy back a, a complete ecosystem of um, 
free speech, social media and payment platforms. And then uh, just put that up against um, Google and Facebook. And I, I think he would he would win handily, you know, because people are so mad now because this this stuff used to be subtle, like shadow banning or something like that. And now it's completely blatant. Like if you're a, um, you know, a renowned immunologist and you come out and and say something about natural immunity vis-a-vis some virus um, health um, issue they will yes yeah, a health yeah. issue where you're a, a world well-known expert yeah uh, and they're they will kick you off because it disagrees with what the you know the idiots at the cdc say this week and they're going to change their mind in two weeks but right now um you can be deplatformed for saying something that disagrees with them and but on the bright side so much of what they've done have turned out has turned out to be wrong in the last few years, you know, the, uh, the quote unquote, the science. Yeah, the, that uh, we were follow the we were, science, John, yeah, follow the wrong. science, whatever you do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so some of so much of it has been proven to be completely wrong, that they've lost all their credibility. So the public health, you know, public health used to be the one thing we trusted out of everything. Like you look at a, um, a disaster movie or um, a, a, anything about a pandemic or anything. And it was always the guy from the CDC who was the trustworthy one. Right. You know, who was trying to do the good job. And, and now they in, you know, two years, they've completely flipped that script script on on its head and they are the buffoons um working for a corrupt government you know it's amazing how fast they um uh, they, they they screwed up their reputation so uh, and anyhow back to social media it it means talking that about, uh, talking about that medical stuff you know one of the things of obamacare was uh electronic records was going to uh, fix everything and make the system cheaper because of all the replication duplication in the meantime, when they uh, during the whole health issue, when they found people prescribing certain unapproved, uh, untested in their mind drugs, uh, these people were slammed right away because uh, it was picked up in their electronic record database and they were reprimanded for doing what they thought was right. So this is yet another thing, not social media, but the globalization of of uh, healthcare records and monitoring of them through algorithms and man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It used to be that um, you really wanted your health records to be searchable by these trustworthy guys in the public health system because they could save you. You know, if they, uh, if they looked at all your drugs and, and saw a, an interaction that might be dangerous, they could alert you. You know, there were a lot of things they could do to help you by being able to see your records now now no way you do not want those guys to uh, to have any access to uh, any personal information you know there's another one that just came out in the last couple of weeks where they um uh, i might not have the details of this one quite right but um the there are codes for different kinds of purchases in the uh, say the visa network oh for the guns yes yeah, so, yeah, so that is true correct they're going to add an entry for any gun related purchase which wasn't there previously and and so they would know who's buying ammo, who owns a gun, you know. Which again, are legal, we don't want these guys to know legal, this stuff anymore. Which is legal in uh, well now in every state. If it's not That's legal right. now, it will be shortly because these uh, uh, very um, well. I don't want to talk about colors of states, but to say very progressive states have sought to circumvent the Supreme Court's uh, decision on the Second Amendment by saying, uh, yeah, if you. Uh, if you walk out on the sidewalk, you can't be armed. 
um, all sorts of places, and they're being struck down. And the end result over a course of a few years will be that basically universal carry will will carry the day because that's the way it has to be. But we don't really talk about that stuff. But what we do talk about is uh, interest rates, bond yields, and Bank of England, uh, you know, the oldest uh, central bank around still working, right? I think um, is having a tough time with their yield control measures. Yeah, the Bank of England was founded by Isaac Newton. So it's a uh, it is a venerable institution. So here, here's what happened in, in Great Britain. They, um, you know, like the U.S., they started raising interest rates, started tightening their monetary policy because they had raging inflation. Well, their long term interest rates started to go up because the the central bank was no longer buying those bonds and somebody else had to step in. And, the, you know, the new buyers wanted a higher interest rate. Uh, and then it turned out that a lot of the British pension funds were making money by borrowing short and lending long. In other words, they were investing in um, long bonds that um, they had to cover with by rolling over short-term loans. But the, um, the cost of the short-term loans were going up above the income that they were generating from those bonds. Um, in other words, the yield curve was inverting. And, um, and that was blowing up the pension funds. So there, there was a, a risk of the, uh, you know, a whole big financial sector in the UK economy just blowing up. So they had to go back to trying to force down interest rates by buying government paper while they're still raising interest rates, which means they're tightening with one hand and loosening with the other hand. You know, this is one of those things that um, uh, incompetent institutions try to do um, when they've run out of of legitimate policy options. And those things, you know, the illegitimate policy options that are clearly um, illogical and um, dangerous will end up blowing up too. So, So in response to the fact that um, this probably isn't going to work, British interest rates are going back up again. And that means that um, it's possible that they have to to ramp up their bond buying, which means they've got to create a bunch of new uh, pound sterling, dump it into the market in order to buy these bonds, which is very inflationary. So that'll make the pounds for an exchange value go down, uh, which will push up interest rates even further, which, you know, so they've got kind of a death spiral possibility there. And uh, there, there really isn't any kind of a fix short of inflation miraculously going back down to 2%. And unless that happens, then the, uh, the British central bank is kind of blazing the trail for the rest of the world's central banks. You know, they're making the mistakes right now that we in the U.S. and the Japanese central bank and, and the, the ECB will all be forced into in the coming year. So, so get ready. Um, major explosions coming and just watch Britain to see what they're going to look like here. Hey, for sure. So used car prices and housing prices in certain areas, uh, not yet in Florida, but to some extent here as well, from what I've heard, uh, starting to decline for the first time since the uh, pandemic. Don't just survive, thrive. The Financial Survival Network. 
Goldterra Resource Corp. is a gold exploration company that has assembled a highly prospective district-scale land position on the doorstep of the city of Yellowknife in Canada's Northwest Territories. Goldterra is currently focused on expanding and delineating gold resources at the company's Yellowknife City Gold Project with the goal of discovering over 5 million ounces. With ready access to infrastructure and multiple high-grade gold discoveries, Goldterra is on track to re-establishing Yellowknife as one of the premier gold mining districts in Canada. Goldterra trades as YGT in Toronto and YGTFF on the OTC. For more information, go to goldterracorp.com. That's goldterracorp.com. This is the Financial Survival Network, the information you need to thrive now more than ever. Yeah. So so now we've got cross currents out there. Before everything was inflating, you know, six months ago, pretty much everything was going up. And that's how we got these massive inflation numbers. Now we've got energy going up and food going up and housing. And um, what was the other thing? Oh, used cars going down. Um, so we'll have to see how this plays out. You know, how w- which one outweighs the others? I, I suspect in the uh, the short run, food and energy will, will still give us inflation that is way above the 2% target. Um, but a little further out, you know, housing tanking is a very big deal. And a lot of, even though labor markets are pretty tight right now, a lot of companies are, are announcing big layoffs. So labor might be a lot less tight pretty soon and wages might go up more slowly or even roll over. So we, you know, we could be looking at um, kind of a mirror image of today's economy in another six months where, uh, you know, stocks are so far down that the, um, the negative wealth effect has kicked in. People are spending less. Companies are hiring less. Um, a lot of prices are going down. Houses are tanking. You know, maybe we'll finally be able to buy used cars. I'm in the market for a three-year-old pickup truck, so I'm watching this with interest. You know, it'll be nice to see something like that go go down to its 1999 price or 2009 price, something like that. Well, um, but we should also talk as long as we're talking housing lumber prices. They have skidded. Uh, it's like down to four fifty eight right now, I think, as we speak, and it hasn't seen a level that low since uh, July, June of twenty twenty. Uh, which uh, that's certainly a forward indicator of housing prices, uh, because you know lumber at one point when it skyrocketed, it was at like sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred. It had quadrupled nearly, and uh, it was adding $30,000 to the price of a new home. You think the uh, builders have cut back on their prices now that they're mm-hmm. lumber and copper and other uh, materials, commodities that they use are going down in price? Although I'm sure their labor is uh, is also uh, going up as well, right? Well, actually, I think, I think builders are going to have to cut back by that amount and more pretty soon, because with mortgage rates um, nearly 7%, (laughs) the the, the actual cost of buying a house with a mortgage is now double what it was two years ago in a lot of places. And it was already unaffordable two years ago, the average house. So now we're at the point where, you know, yeah, go ahead and um, build a house, build a spec house with your nice cheap lumber. Um, you're still going to have trouble selling it because anybody who has to take out a mortgage is going to um, be shocked at what their monthly payments are going to be. And they're liable to say, no, at this price, I can't do it. I'm sorry. So, so you know, um, 
falling lumber prices are a leading indicator of home prices because that that implies that fewer and fewer homes are being built. And the reason for that is that fewer and fewer people can afford a brand new house, you know, so it's, but if you look at almost any other industrial or, or agricultural commodity right now, um, you see that a lot of them spiked in June and have been coming off more or less since then. So there, there is a trend towards lower inflation and maybe even deflation in certain sectors out there. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see, you know, at the same time, you've got, um, currency values plunging, which is inflationary in most countries other than the US. So, so we'll see. I don't know. A lot of cross currents, a very messy economy, likely to to dominate the headlines in 2023. And we'll probably be in a recession by then. And a big chunk of the world is already yeah, in a already. recession. So so the, the question now is, will it be worse than um, 2008, 2009? And I, I think the answer is very possibly, you know, you never know for sure how these things are going to play out. But uh, back then, we didn't have raging inflation across the board that were, was forcing central banks to raise interest rates as aggressively as they are. And assets weren't as overvalued and there wasn't as much debt. You know, we doubled global debt pretty much in uh, in, in the last 15 years. Uh, and um, that is this this massive headwind for for an economy, you know, uh, we're going to have to run the numbers next time we talk so we can say with certainty what it costs the U.S. If, the, if our average borrowing price goes up to 5%, let's say, which is still historically low, uh, I think that's something like $1.5 trillion in interest yeah. costs each year yeah. for the U.S. It's some crazy number like that. And if you know if we don't stop there and we go up to 8 or 9%, um, that's pretty much what we get in tax revenue right now. So all our tax revenues will be going to pay interest Interest. on the national debt that's a um that's a portrait of a dying economy right there when that happens yeah as bad as the negative interest rates were super high interest rates aren't good either right now the uh, etf uh, for home shares uh for home construction uh which is called itb one of them there's five uh it peaked on uh when did it peak in December of 2021, at around 83, it had crashed down um, in June of this year to 49, and it hasn't really recovered that much. It's at 55 right now. So the ETF is also a good forward look at at home buying in the U.S. because it's the home builder ETF. So uh, presumably they're their shares, the home builders are going to anticipate uh, these moves. Uh, it's not at maybe depression levels, but it certainly has come down quite a bit. So, oh yeah, in the um, the housing bust of the previous decade, they went down a lot further than this. So it's, mm-hmm. it's completely possible that they they have another leg down from here, and you know, implying that fewer and fewer people are buying new houses. So we'll see, uh, but. Uh, you know, anybody who built a house last year paid 30 or 40 percent more than than if they had waited a year. You know, so timing is everything in cyclical markets. So um, and it's a question of whether all the gains that we saw over the past two years, 20 percent back to back in 2020 and 2021 increase in housing prices, whether they'll all be taken back or not. You know, uh, probably a good chunk of it will. 
But that ETF that we mentioned there uh, was down to like eight back in uh, 2009. So that's how low it can go. So hey, what about the French police? They're checking fuel levels of cars, uh, buying gas. And if you're not close enough to empty, they turn you away. This is one of those, um, are we in the 1970s again? Only uh, the questions. French. Yeah, because yeah, right now in France, they're having uh, gasoline shortages. And they've got the cops there checking your, um, your your fuel level when you pull in to fill up. And if you're, you know, half a tank, they say, no, sorry, you don't need gas yet. And they send you on your way. Um, and w- which means you're going to go to the next gas station and try to fill up because that's scary. You know, if the cops <laughs> tell you it's, it, yeah, it's of course. a national security issue that you can't buy any more gasoline, you want to buy as much as you can. That's and, for sure. You know, we're we're less likely in the U.S. to see something like that happen because um, we we produce a lot of um, oil and gas domestically, and if we if we have to, we just don't export anything. We just keep it all here, which means everybody else's prices go up, but uh, we're we're in better shape. So North America, as far as energy goes, is um, is really the best place to be, other than the Middle East. Energy um, and water, as long as you're not out west. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we do have areas. we have places with water. Not every place has water, but a lot of places do. And we've got um, pretty good demographics because Mexico has so many twenty year old workers, mm-hmm. and um, demographics also because Canada has so much land per capita. You know, so it's it, this is a a good place to be to ride out a. Um, an energy slash financial crisis. Although, we, we, you know, we'll still see our financial asset prices plunge and we'll see political chaos. And, you know, these midterm elections are going to be um, real circuit. possibly very serious. Yeah, because, uh, you know, it, it, it looks like um, you know, now that crime, what's the other one? It's crime and uh, is it at the economy? Crime and inflation. Maybe, oh, inflation crime and inflation. Is, That's right. Yeah, uh, Like nobody knew what inflation was for 40 years, John. Like literally, uh, you'd have trouble finding it in the dictionary, and all of a sudden, <laughs> everybody's talking inflation. Of course, you and I never stopped talking about it. It was just stealthily hidden. I mean, the money supply continued uh, to go up way past the GDP and way past the population growth. We've talked about it since we know each other, and that's eleven years. But going back further, you know. It never really went away. It just became less uh, less of a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Three five percent. Nobody knows. Yeah, and and, and right now the uh, the Republicans have a big lead in polling on those two issues, which implies that um, they they'll take back the House and maybe take back the Senate, which means we'll have a divided government for the two years after that. Which um, you know you can make the case that a divided government can do does less harm. <laughs> The one that can actually do things because what they want to do is so stupid. But um, yeah. it means it's it's going to be hard to really address any crisis when it comes um, because, um, you know, the two sides will have very different opinions about how we fix things. So so we're liable to be kind of hamstrung well, after this election. To a certain extent, that is true, uh, certainly, because when it comes to economic issues, both sides are disingenuous and basically lie. Don't want to talk about why things have gotten where they have, because then they would actually have to do something about it. It's easier to blame speculators and oil companies and everyone else, and they're both guilty of it. But uh, if you look in Florida, 
DeSantis and Biden were hanging out and well, I wouldn't say they're saying nice things about each other, but they weren't saying bad things about each other. So maybe that's something there, but I'm not overly optimistic. But uh, this could be the onion headline of the week. Uh, the Bernanke wins Nobel Prize for economics for crisis, uh, crisis economics <laughs> research. I mean, like, hey, I don't get that. Then Doug Casey should have gotten a, a Nobel Prize, too, you know? Well, you, you know, it's important to understand what this illustrates. Well, two things, really. One, one is that uh, the dominant um, school of economics, which is Keynesianism, doesn't recognize debt as something that exists in their models. So you can, um, if you're a government, you can create as much debt as you want to. And, and as long as you're generating 3% more consumer spending each year, the Canadians think you did a, a good job. So that's why you can give someone like Bernanke, who presided over the biggest debt bubble in human history pre prior to this one, um, you, you can give him a, a prize for good economic thought because you're ignoring the big flaw in his thought. So, um, you know, giving him the Nobel Peace Prize or economics prize is, is kind of like giving uh, an arsonist the fireman of the year award or something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know, it's, he created the problems and then he, he created a lot of new money to smooth those problems over for a short time until they blew up again. And uh, the idea that that is, um, you know, his genius economics is just astounding and it shows how uh, how much trouble we're in because the people in charge really just don't know what they don't know. And uh, and they have oh, incredibly no, they powerful tools. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, maybe putting an arsonist in charge of a uh, property and casualty insurance company um, <laughs> like uh, stupefies. It really does. Well, our last issue here is uh, precious metals, which uh, today it's uh, 10, 10, 22. Happy Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day or whatever um, is basically getting creamed again. Yeah. Um, gold is in the 16s now um, and silver is like 20 more or less. And th those are both low numbers compared to the last couple of years. Uh, and, you know, the, the reason that they're not soaring on double digit inflation is because um, the, the markets are looking at the damage being done by a soaring dollar and by spiking interest rates around the world and expecting some kind of a, a shock to the downside. That's why everybody's selling equities. They U.S. stocks were down last time I looked. I don't know what they're doing now, but they, they were down in the morning yeah. and, and they've been down irregularly for uh, most of the last few months. Um, and that's affecting precious metals, which is pretty much how it goes. You know, it happened in, in 2008, everything tanked, precious metals did a V bottom, they, they really dropped, and then they took off. 2020, um, pandemic panic, and same thing, stocks tanked, precious metals tanked, and uh, and then they took off again. Now, in both of those cases, that was because the uh, the central banks of the world immediately pivoted to extreme ease. And so the question is, what's the point at which they they think the markets have suffered enough and they're willing to pivot again? And we, you know, we don't know that because with inflation being what it is, um, the story isn't the same as it was those last two times. Uh, so we'll see. You know, it could be that um, that financial asset prices have to be smacked much harder than they have been in order to spook the central banks of the world to um, to start easing again. Or it could be that a lot of financial institutions just start to blow up the way British pension funds did 
And uh, and the central banks will find they have no choice. You know, inflation, whatever. They they can't have the pension funds of their country go out of business because um, lots of voters have pensions. You know, and so so they'll have to step in and start easing again. So we just can't know that. This is this is all stuff that is like uh, you wake up in the morning and the world has changed because some crazy thing happened somewhere else. Um, and you know, I, I think gold and silver are still extremely important places to be, things to own because. Um, because they protect you in the long run against a crazy world. And, uh, you know, if you want to describe this world with with one word, crazy is the, the one to use. Uh, so I think that, um, you know, to the extent that you can get gold and silver anywhere near current spot prices, you should be buying. Of course, it's not that easy to do with silver. You know, if you want to buy uh, a silver eagle coin right now, it's 32 bucks, even though silver spot price is 20. Right. So there, there are other coins like uh, the Austrian Philharmonics that are like 26, which I think is a bargain right now. But you still, you know, no matter what, you got to pay a much higher price than the spot price. But um, if you can get silver coins for something not too far beyond today's spot price, I think that's a that's a steal. You know, they might go a little lower from here, but uh, at some point in the next few years, there'll be some multiple of uh, what you can get them for today just because eventually the central banks do have to ease again. You know, they're going to have to come back mm -hmm. and, uh, and and do quantitative easing for the record books. And there's no avoiding that. Uh, and at that point, precious metals will just take off. So, you know, it could be that we'll look back on this as one last gift from Mr. Market, you know, one last chance to, uh, to back up the truck. But um, again, time will tell. We don't know for sure, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of leaning that way. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh look the dollar is at a dollar 13 113 on the dixie index right now and i always say it's the uh, best looking house in baltimore you know <laughs> and and uh, that kind of says it all because that's screwing up everything because all that dollar denominated debt got 20 percent more expensive just like your mortgage did and uh you know any debt that you owe here the cost of owning a home went up uh, 50 percent to buy one now, uh, but if you bought it a year ago, no, uh, you know, that's that's significant and it's driving these countries into bankruptcy and uh, food prices, all these things. Well, hey, the troubles of the world, I think we addressed enough of them today. Uh, hey, make sure you go over to financialsurvivalnetwork.com, send me an email and uh, we will discuss it with John. Uh, you know, John was the founder of dollarcollapse.com and has now uh, brilliantly picked uh, the exact right moment for retirement. I'm envious, John, but uh, hey, we'll do it in a couple more weeks. All right. Thanks, Kerry. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Kerry Lutz's Financial Survival Network, your solution to today's trying times. For the latest, go to FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. Financial Survival Network, now more than ever. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.